So who makes a, a, a chip and beer run during the game? Yeah, that's a rookie move. That's a real that's rookie move. A rookie move? That, yeah. That, that, it's a never move. Yep. Like, that never happens. It's called, you gotta, it's, it's called properly planning. That's what you got to do. If you're making, listen, if you are making a beer and chip run during this weekend's games, please listen to 92.3 The Fan. Of course. That's really important. Yeah, that's important. But, but if you are, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> right? I I'm mean, it's, it's proper planning. I already know. I'm never well, you're leave- smart for listening. Dude, yes. I'm never yeah. Smart leaving- for listening, dumb for when you're going to be listening. <laughs> In your car instead of at home where you should be Are listening. you ever leaving the game no. to go to the store? Yeah. Nope. Not just that. Like, I know exactly. So tomorrow's a little wonky because we got something for my my grandmother. Um, It's her birthday this week. Happy 90th birthday Happy tonight, birthday. Mama. That woman has survived some things, including How me old? as a grandson. 90. That's a win. 90. Yeah. Oh, man. That's beyond a win. And dude, I mean, that's like in a parlay. Dude, lady still gets her own firewood. Lady drives out to Amish country, spends five bucks, and they're like, we're not going to take your money. We'll load your truck up with firewood. And then puts it in the basement. That's my night, mama. I'm proud of that lady. But like, Does so she tomorrow. she still drink? Uh, no, no, no. She has gin-soaked raisins. That's not drinking. What not is it? Gin-soaked raisins. That's that's just that. Gin-soaked raisins. Yep. That's it's not drinking. She's not drinking. So, that's just so in- she does edibles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know what? I got to counter the next time we have this conversation. It's a big argument in the house. She's like, I don't drink. I don't drink. I'm like, there's alcohol in those. What but she I say? don't drink. She's like, I eat them. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, okay. yeah, she, she's a big right. guy. <laughs> Listen, you're 90. You've, you've earned the right to be wrong, I suppose. But Give her a 10 milligram next time. I already know. <laughs> up the dosage. She's going to be sitting. We'll be sitting in my cousin's house. And my grandmother's going to be smacked out of her gourd. Staring off into the thousand-yard Vietnam stare. However, I already know what I'm cooking stare. this weekend. I already know I'm cooking. What are you cooking? All right, Saturday. I've I've planned out. We've already got the chips out and everything. Yeah. Chips and dips, and then chips and the dips. Chips and chips and the dips. So you don't have to make yeah, a mid-game beer run. So, nope, nope. Because the beer and alcohol is already there. Because oh, you, you should always be fully stocked. And then I'm going to do a little uh, uh, burnt ends pork pork butt burnt end, not pork butt burnt end. Sorry. Um, pork belly burnt ends on the old smoker. All right. It's another cheat day. It's because it's uh, game planning. No, those are on. Those are on the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I what's, just, what's I this just diet. So it's actually just protein. So you realize, <laughs> you realize pork belly is just bacon. I can have bacon on my diet. Oh, I don't, I don't know what the diet is. Yeah. It's, what is the diet? So it's, uh, I'm just busting chops, by the way. Oh, no, it's okay. It's, it's, it's what I do. It's three eggs and a piece of bacon in the morning. Okay. Uh, it is, um, like four ounces of protein for lunch with uh, veggie and dietary fat. It is, what's the other one? Oh, a, a protein bar for energy, like right about now. Right. And then for dinner, it's seven ounces of protein and um, veggies and a dietary fat. So my seven ounces of protein Sunday night will be the uh, burnt ends. My diet is uh, don't eat. That sounds awful, <laughs> but awesome. I, I mean, I eat like one meal a day. Yeah. I did have a filet of fish for lunch. Today. Yeah. Oh. Is that it, on the diet? It, uh, it, it it's the only lunch I've had this week. It um, is now. It's, uh, yeah, it's on the diet. So Give me back my filet fish. So uh, remember, that fish. if you do make a chip, a chip and dip run this weekend, 92 through the fan, we're gonna, we got all the playoff games. Remember that. Also, the only way I'd ever make a chip and dip run is if all of a sudden I'm like watching a game and 10 people that I didn't expect to come over came over. Need to make a chips and beer run while the game is on? Well, but do they do they just show up randomly? 
And you'd think that if they show, showed up randomly, you would they'd know. bring their own beer. Yes, yes. Or bring a, a, yeah. a, you know, a 12-pack or you something. You can't do the surprise pop-in and then expect other people to have, you know, savory items for you. So when you have guests over um, for like, let's say this weekend, mm-hmm. watching football or whatever, watching the Cavs, whatever it may be, uh, and, and you got friends coming over, do you, and they go, hey, well, can, can I bring something? Mm-hmm. What can I bring? Yeah. What do you tell them to bring? Um, it depends. Like if it's my buddy Hayworth, it's a Kringle. You ever had Kringle? No. It's, oh, buddy boy. It changed your life. All right. All of a sudden you'll be eating uh, lunch at, at no time and it'll be Kringle. But no, mostly it's just a little stuff. Yeah. Cause, cause here's the thing. I don't trust people to bring the good food. I don't. I, I never trust anybody with food. Like when, um, and, 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 you know, Vanessa will always be like, ask him to bring a fruit salad. And I'm like, yes, that's perfect. Cause I don't care if it's bad. I just won't Whoever eat it. Whoever eats a fruit salad. That, no, but if it, I guarantee you, uh, if you were to ask Sarah that, hey, what should yeah. so and so bring? Fruit salads is going to be one of her three uh, uh, selections. So? Yes, absolutely. See, I just told it like we had a New Year's Eve party, and I just said, bring a bottle of something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just bring a bottle. It's simple. Pick pick what you want. Bring what you want. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then we got a fully stocked bar. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is I already have a fully stocked bar, and my buddy you, brought you've some. You've got more than a fully stocked bar. For, for Friendsgiving. See, by the way, I want to see your bar because I heard about this when you told me when you're moving. Uh-huh. I mean, it sounds like you got. Uh, yeah, I got a lot. You got a problem. Yeah. It's, it's a, well, here's the problem. <laughs> no, here's, here's, the, here's the real problem. Here's why it is a problem, because I don't have any more room in my bar, and so now they're on my uh, the top of my uh, refrigerator. Right. And one of these days, because you, if you know this, little kids don't know how to close a refrigerator door no, softly. God, no. And one of these days, two of those bottles are coming down. So I have it strategically placed that any of the bottles that could fall are not bottles I really care that much okay, about. Okay, that's good. Right? Like the... Uh, the uh, do you have good bourbon? Um, I did. Well, so I've, I've got, I got, I got... <laughs> it got drank? Like a half bottle of Bullet left. All the good bourbon is gone. Courtesy of Friendsgiving. It was it was a long night. It was a long, we were playing Uno till really late in the night, and I woke up the next morning. I'm like, uh, uh oh, the top shelf stuff. Yeah, card game Uno. Is that you never uh, played Uno? Was there judgment over there from it the like the peanut gallery? Judgment there from I the mean, gallery. You know, poker would have been, I think, the the better why, choice. Why better? Just Uno. I play with my wife. I mean, I like poker. I like so, Uno. So you can't play with your wife but and like, your friends? But like, Uno is a game that she'd is... Be, she'd frown at that. Uno's a good drinking game because it's pretty thoughtless. What's that? Uno. It's a good drinking oh, game. No, no. So we did that one year at the cabin. And what we did was um, that everybody had a color and it rotated. And if you hit... It, like when you get took a card, if it was that color, you had to take a, a, a half... Ooh. It was half and half. It was half Gatorade, half vodka. Ooh. And uh, I don't remember the night. I'll say that. We started playing that at noon, and the rest of time, it, it ceased to exist at some point. My poor buddy Jeremy was like 150 pounds. He was the first out. Within two hours, curled up in a ball. I had to, like, carry him by his belt loop into yeah, the bed. It wasn't tough to carry him. And it was not. Uh, one-handed. Just throw him on your shoulder. Just, just like one-handed him. Sack of potatoes. And he just kind of hung there. Like, just, <laughs> just kind of. Just kind of dangled. And just kind of tossed him in. You'll be okay, buddy. Let's get on the let's get on the old tummers there. But yeah, I, I, but it's but it's dangerous. Yeah, and amazing. Unlike this matchup tonight.
I'm still pissed about this. I know you are. And and to me, like it's more that the Warriors decided at like two o'clock today, and that uh, like one thirty. So about they probably knew last night. Yeah, and, they and should have announced it last night. The fact that they didn't, it's it's kind of messed up. Yes, yes. And so they didn't just bench, or sorry, they didn't just sit Steph Curry for this game. It's Draymond Green, it's Clay Thompson, it's Andre Iguodala. Like, it's everybody that matters that isn't Jordan Poole. And if you're going to do this, okay, but with the ticket market being what it is, doesn't the NBA owe its fans more transparency? I think so. Because there, I guarantee you there are people... My dad who, was listening to the first segment, and he texted me, he's like, the NBA should give refunds. Yeah. No, Something. I think so. And by the way, not the Cleveland Cavaliers. The NBA. Because it's not a Cleveland Cavalier problem. It's an NBA problem. Actually, you know who should? It's the Golden State Warriors. There is and and there are so many people. The idea that people have to have to pay attention. Oh, Steph might like the the idea that somebody had to know three weeks ago that they're playing the second half of a back to back and that that's going to go go to overtime and that's going to be the thing and that's going to be the reason why Steph, Clay, and Draymond aren't playing. Like if that game did not go to OT last night, did they play tonight? Possibly. Maybe, possibly. I mean, maybe half of them do. Yes. And that that's it's it's excessive sitting on short notice with 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 it with an out of conference team and this is your chance to see them. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's really really serious. And you know what? It's funny cuz we're one of the things we're going to talk about with this is um how how like all those bad feelings about the Cavs and Warriors from like 8 years ago, they're just gone. Like I still think Draymond Green is an a first class jackwad. I do. But that's because of the way he plays. It's not because he plays that way against the Cavs. He does he he hits dudes in the in the in the rupees yeah. everywhere. All right? Yeah. He 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 gives them the business down under to everybody in the NBA. So but like I I don't look at the Warriors anymore like it, even after like the first year LeBron left. When the Warriors were in town it was like, "Oh, I got to go boo those guys." You know what I mean? I don't feel that. I don't feel that, that it, anymore, it is, but this kind of does stoke the flames of hate for this organization. It, you're right, though. I mean, it's kind of funny because when I watch the Warriors play now, I don't have quite the hatred that I did when we were playing them every single NBA Finals for four straight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. The NBA, I don't, I don't think there are rivalries in the NBA. I mean, what's I, the, what's the best off the top of your head? What's the top rivalry in the NBA? It's the one that has been mostly dormant for 25 years, what? and it's the Lakers-Celtics. Lakers, yeah. Yeah, like the, when we talk about it, who's the number one NBA team you hate? So that, for me, it's the Boston Celtics. And some of that's Paul Pierce. Some of that is I got beat over the head as a young NBA fan about how great the Celtics were my entirety of the existence, and they've won one title in carry the two – 12 years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Like, some of it's that. Some of that's like, like, just who is the Cavs rival? Um, I don't think they have one. It was the Warriors for a minute. No, it was, yeah. Like, there were, so, if you want to go back to the Bulls days, Bulls like days, 30 yeah, years ago, like, sure. but that, okay, that's 30 years. That hasn't been, since Derrick Rose got hurt in Chicago. I was going to say, yeah. That, ri- that rivalry's been completely dormant. And I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's, I actually think it's tied to what we kind of started the show talking about. What's I think that? I think it's tied to the fact that these guys don't play hard in the regular season. 
Like to me, the thing that breeds a rivalry is you got to be com- roughly in the same realm of competitiveness, right? The same league of each other. So, like, if you're the seventh and eighth seed jockeying for position, you and there has to you have to be playing for something tangible, right? Like a like a divisional seed or a playoff seed, and you have to play each other a lot. Like that's the whole idea of we're going to group teams by division, right? In, like in baseball. You play the White Sox like 12 times more than you play the New York Yankees. And it makes sense. You're competing for the AL Central crown, so you should have to beat those teams to win the the, the crown for the, the division. In the NBA, like there's a little bit of that Eastern Conference versus Western Conference scheduling-wise. But you got you got guys that like like what should be a rivalry, Cavs versus Bucks. You never know if Giannis or Middleton or any one of those guys is going to play tomorrow. Right. And by the way, even if they do play, are they going to play hard? You don't know. I don't know. Like the Bulls. That's why. That's why these stupid parlays are killing me. They're not stupid. Killian Haynes. I won. I won. Uh, I won two hundo last night. I'm feeling awfully yeah, that, good. You're lucky. You're lucky the Warriors game went to overtime. <laughs> I did. Draymond had nine points going to OT. Screwed every 12 year old Cavs fan who wants to see Steph Curry play tonight. But it, you got your 200. It made out for your boy. Um, but no, man. Like I, I think so many of the NBA's actual problems, the things that stop people from watching games in January. The fact that there are no rivalries. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think all these things tie back to there's no consistent rivalries. I mean, like, even in even in the West. Like, this is – I think a lot of this is there's – there was at least the illusion 20 years ago that if you were one of the top four seeds in either conference, you had a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Maybe that's making its way back, but for like a decade. Every year there were three teams that were NBA Finals worthy. And I think the biggest problem is everybody agrees the regular season doesn't matter to some degree. Like, sorry, an individual game in January doesn't matter versus the greater good. Right. And the problem with that is it ends up leading with crap like this where half of the roster is out. Who's the Cavs' rival and whether that – I don't want to say makes the NBA worse because that's such a negative way to say it. But it does – I think it's part of the de-escalation and, and, and the, I don't want to say unimportance, but the relative lack of unimportance. Everybody talks about, oh, 82 games. There's too many games. That's stupid. There, it, It's not about 82 games. It is our players playing hard across 82 games. And, like, they're not. Like, even great teams that end up winning 55 games, they're teams that, that slow play October, November. Yeah. And I think that is at the heart of the the lack of of great rivalries. And I think, you know, I think it was Darren said, rivalries don't need to play several times a year. Best rivalry is still L.A. and Boston, and they didn't play each other much except the playoffs. Well, but for the entirety of the 60s and the entirety of the 80s, they met up in the finals almost every year. That's why it's a great rivalry. So in terms of the division, oh, and by the way, and I'll say this, Cavs-Pistons in the 80s was a great rivalry. Just as great as Bulls-Pistons was. I wish the Pistons were good again because it's such a good like regional rivalry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because there's no other teams really close, right? Cavs-Pistons when LeBron first got here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Like Ben Wallace. Ben, like Ben Wallace, Chauncey, yeah. uh, Rip Hamilton, yeah, all, all that. So like as recent as like 15 years ago, divisional rivalries did matter. 
But man, I just feel like I, I feel like if you just fix the competitive balance issue in the NBA and find a way to incentivize these guys to play hard. And when I say these guys, I'm talking about teams well, play hard. Pro- it's not individuals. I think the problem, Nick, is not just yeah, well, honestly, I th- I think the biggest problem is there's there's probably too many games. Mm-hmm. They're trying to fit too many games into such a tight window where I mean, you've got these back to backs. Like there's not rest. Uh, and, and look, well, the I guys, get it. I the guys get it. rest now more than they did 20 years ago. No, I was going to make the point. I mean, I get it. Guys in the 90s did the same thing, and they played every night. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? All right, can I be a little get off my lawn right now? We've also reached critical mass where guys don't play defense. Too many guys in I'm the I'm just NBA. telling you, dude, like, we watched that game yesterday, and obviously we're having fun with our little parlay, but and I watched a lot of NBA but this year, specifically this year, I mean, like, I've never seen totals in the 240s. Yep. There's yep. no defense. And by the way, I think once you get, like, once we start to get into March and April, I do think those totals are going to come down a little bit. They probably will. Because, but teams, so but that's like, the point. like, do you remember back in the day, in the 90s or the late 80s, when, mm-hmm. like, scores were, like, 87 to... Yep. 84. Well, and I don't think we're ever going to get back there. No, I don't. I, and I'm not saying I want to go back there. Because the style of play does afford offense. And and almost always. Like the John Morant call the other day. Where Jared Allen basically was right almost back-to-back with uh, Steven Adams. And John Morant just tried to go through the, the block. And the, it was a foul called on Jared Allen. So everything is geared towards the offensive player already. But you got to find a way because I, I I made a, a lazy generalization there. Players do play defense late in the season. Teams do play really good defense in the second half of the season. Yeah. They don't give a damn in October, November, December, and parts of January and no, sometimes we're, December we're, we're, or February. We're, we're just, you know, out there, you know, punching the stats. I basically. forgot how months work there for a second. Months. Well, because I went from January uh, back to December carry again. Carry the two. Carry, always carry the two here. Steven, welcome to the show. What you got for us, bud? Yeah, hi. I just wanted to say I was listening earlier around one, and you guys were talking about load management, and then I come back in the car here about 15 minutes ago, and you guys were talking about why there's no rivalries. And it's like you guys are making excuses for how terrible the NBA product is. Like, where's the load management in the in the NHL? Like, those, the reason you go, they're just lazy. It's, it's like 82 all-star games. You guys were just talking 240 points in a game. They're, they're not trying. There's lo- there's no basketball. It's lobbing up threes. Like they make across half court, two do, to three. Steven, do, do you watch the rebound. NBA? Yeah, I do watch the NBA. It's and you terrible. don't like you don't like it right now. No, it's an awful product. Like you were just you guys were just saying. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just asking because I mean some fans just love watching you know up and down the court and it's offense, offense, offense. I just feel like you need a little defense, a little effort. I think from some of these guys. I think effort's one thing, and I, again, I think, too, you're not going to, the way it's played right now, you're not going to get, a, a, like, you can't even predict a matchup. Like you guys were saying, like, how often do the Tribe go somewhere and, oh, this will be a great pitching matchup this game, or the Brown, obviously football's different, it's only 17 games, but just matchups, you can't even predict that. Like you were saying, Curry's not playing tonight. Like, you can't even get excited about it because you don't even know who's going to play in a week. Steven, we thank you for the call. I'm going to keep 
How are we making excuses? We just hammered the, the NBA for like 10 I, minutes. I, I'm pretty sure we've been crushing the NBA here. Well, maybe it's like we're making excuses because we're saying how bad it is. I, that's another one, and you didn't do it, and I thought about doing it, where somebody's like, it's an awful product. And Keith pointed it out on the... But, and then I asked him if he watched. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I watch. Yeah, I watch. Of course I watch. Of course, of course it's cashmere. <laughs> Nick, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? So I, I like your point about there not being rivalries anymore, but I think a big part of that, especially with the NBA, is you don't see teams that are actually drafted and stay together as a team anymore. You're just seeing teams built through salary, buying free agents. So you don't have like that year-to-year matchup between player A, player B, like again with the Cavs, Pistons. You don't know, and the Cavs are not as good of an example because we do have a well-drafted team aside from Donovan Mitchell being bought, uh, brought in. But I think that until you get away from the super teams and people just buying championships or trying to buy a championship, the, the rivalries will kind of be dead because these guys may be on the same team the following year. I mean, the only thing I would say is, and I thank you for the call, like look back at the last couple champions. Who's, who was a bought-and-paid team? Like maybe, maybe the Lakers in the bubble – Right, because LeBron and AD were two guys they imported there, but like the Bucks, I mean they they traded for Drew Holiday, but Chris Middleton's a guy that they traded for early in his career and developed. Giannis was the fifteenth pick, sixteenth pick in the NBA draft. So I I there was a point where I would agree with what Nick had to say there, but like no, I I, I just think it comes back to competitiveness, and you know, I know the NBA's done a good job of curbing tanking by adding the extra playoff spots. It's still not flawless. The Spurs are absolutely tanking. Oklahoma City for like the fourth straight year is tanking. Um, there's talk that Charlotte, who's had just the least lucky start to the season, is going to tank for Victor Wembayana in the second half here. So that's something you need to completely eradicate. That's not working. And so until they figure that out, and I don't know if you just completely randomize the draft and it's just on like the draft wheel, which they've talked about. You know, Mike uh, Mike Zarin, who was the, the Boston GM, had talked about that, where you just, all right, this year you're, each team has a number one pick and it's a cyclical thing. Maybe that, I don't know. I, I just know that right now the competitiveness is hurting rivalries and and honestly there aren't personal rivalries that offset that. For a while, it was LeBron, KD, or or LeBron versus like what's the personal rivalry now? Like maybe it's Giannis versus Tatum, maybe. And I still don't feel like we've had that the the playoff the playoff payoff enough with that where that's a big enough rivalry. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's it, it pro sports is tough. You know, it the NBA. I I, I don't know that unless you've got. You know, stars like we had with LeBron versus Curry for for that long a period of time, uh, it's it's difficult. I mean, I think I think there are some rivalries in the NFL, divisional, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It's college. Nothing will top college, man. Yeah. It well, but it feels like leagues are doing things that unintentionally de-emphasize de-emphasize rivalries instead of strengthening them and finding a way to add that competitive environment to it, specifically in the NBA. 